Because anything that is unfixed can still be fixed. But when you are dead, your works die with you. This morning we would ask that you would be finding Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 27. We all pretty much know of that verse. Hebrews the ninth chapter and the 27th verse. <clears throat> Hebrews. The Bible says, and as it is appointed, Unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Death is an appointment. It's not an accident. Sometimes people say, oh, that was an accident. Death is no accident. Death is an appointment. We don't know when, we don't know how, but we do know that is coming. Ecclesiastes 9, verses number 1 and verse 5. The Bible says, For all this I considered in my heart, even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. No man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them. Verse 5 says, For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward for the memory of them is forgotten. It is appointed unto man once to die. Oh, it would be a blessing to know our appointment date. But thank God he didn't tell us when we are going to die. Because some people will live hellish up until the point that they are going to die. Therefore, God didn't leave it for us to have the knowledge of our death. But he did say, it is appointed unto man who wants to die. He did forewarn us that death is coming. And it behooves all of us to make sure that we ready, prepare our lives to meet our maker. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject titled R-I-P. R-I-P. That is the acronym for rest in peace. You have, have seen R-I-P on the back of cars. When a loved one died, you can see it written or painted in white. R-I-P. 
IP. You have seen it on the front of T-shirts, Aura IP. Sometimes people get it tattooed on their necks, on their arms, on their legs to show respect to their family who is now dead. One thing that I can't understand is why we put people in places where God have not placed them. Why is it that when people die, we say, oh, they are in heaven now. Oh, they're looking down at us right now. Oh, she must have gotten her wings. Oh, he is so happy where he is. We put people in places where, where God has not placed them. And the thing is with me is that sometime it's even in the church. We hear people in the church talk like that. That oh, they must have gotten their wings. We all quiet on me this morning. Oh, they are in heaven right now. Oh, they must be looking down. The Bible says the living know that they are going to die, but the dead know not a thing. The dead doesn't know that who won the football game Friday night. The dead don't know what's happening in your life right now. And what we do is we put these things on cars and on shirts and tattoo them on our bodies. Rest in peace. That's the meaning, but aura IP. And the thing that I want you to understand is, is how can we put people in places where God has not placed them? And I want you to know this morning that we do those things because of human nature. We do those things because of ourselves. I want you to know that when you put aura IP on your car, on your shirt, or tattoo it on your thigh, it is for your benefit because it does nothing for the person who is dead. It might make you feel good. But it does nothing for the person who is dead. It might make you feel at ease. It might ease your mind. But it does nothing for the person who is dead. Well, point number one. Be finding 1 Samuel 28. 1 Samuel verse number 28. But uh, number one. Point number one. You don't make peace in the grave. Peace is made on the earth. We, we, we say, aura IP, we say rest in peace, but you don't make peace in the grave. Just because you are trying to get peace by somebody else's debt, what you got on a car and on a shirt and on your body does not bring peace to your loved one who is in the grave. Peace is not made in the dirt. Peace is made on top of the earth. You spend your life trying to make peace with God. You spend your life having the peace 
of God that when you die, that you can die in peace. But we do these things because we are human. And we want to make it our lives feel better of our loved ones. Watch this in 1 Samuel. Give me 1 Samuel 28. Let's go to verse number, uh, verse number 9. 1 Samuel 28, verse number 9. And the Bible says, And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul had done, how he had cut off those that have familiar spirits, and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die? Now Saul was king at the time, and Saul was on the back end of his kingship, and he went to a witch. She was the witch of Endor. And God wanted Saul to get rid of all of the witches, all those who practice black magic, get them out of the land. God wanted them to be removed. But now he goes to the person that God wanted him to remove. Watch verse 10. The Bible says, And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying to the witch of Endor, As the Lord liveth, as the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Verse number 11. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me. Bring me up, Samuel. Now, now, I want you to know something here. No one has the ability to bring people back from the grave except God. If God doesn't want it to happen, it will not happen. Nobody today, no so-called prophet, uh, prophet, no so-called apostle, no so-called pastor or reverend can bring anybody back from the dead. God allowed this to take place, that Saul may receive a message from Samuel. Now, I want you to know, he says here, now y'all know Samuel was perhaps uh, one of the greatest judges, if not the greatest judge of all of Israel. Verse number 12, because of his righteousness, verse 12 says, and when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. And if you read up in the text, and Saul clothed himself, he put some clothes on him that, that he disguised himself, that the witch would not recognize who he was. And then when she brought Samuel up with him, she, she found out that, that he was Saul. Verse 13, watch this here. The Bible says, let me say this. You know, if you are righteous,
said unto her, Be not afraid for what thou sawest. Is that the same verse or what, what is it? Yeah. Give me the next verse here. I want 14. Give me 14. And uh, here it is. And he said unto her, What fault is he of? And she said, An old man coming up. This is interesting. An old man coming up. And he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. Verse 15. And, and Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disappointed me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed. For the Philistine make war against me, and God is departed from me and answering me no more. Neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. Now, it's interesting here because it seems to be how you die is how you're going to take form in the Hadean world. If you die a young man, it seems like you're young in the Hadean world. If you die an old woman, it seems like you're dead old in the Hadean world. I mean, that's, that's what it seems, according to the text. Because when he comes up, he's an old man coming up, wearing a mantle, and perhaps Samuel, as a judge, wore a mantle. And the woman sees him coming up out of the grave. And Samuel comes up. And Samuel tells Saul, in other words, why have you, why have you disturbed my rest? Why have you disturbed my peace? Now, I don't know if we are resting in the sense of rest, like we know rest. Or it's a different kind of rest. But all I'm telling you here is when Samuel came up, he told Saul, why you call me from my peace? Why you, why you call me up from what is it that is so important that you needed to disturb my rest in the Lord? The dead in paradise don't want to be disturbed even if it means coming back to the earth. Some of y'all would love to see your deceased kinfolk. But I want y'all to know if your kinfolk were right with the Lord, they don't want to come back to earth. Earth is not a place that they would desire. I know you want to see them. I know you might feel good when you see them, but I stopped by today to tell you, when you are resting in the Lord, when you are at peace with God, when you are in paradise, in Abraham's bosom, you don't have no reason to come back on top of the earth. And people, it's human nature. You know, Samuel went back to where God told him not to go. You know, if God takes you off of bad road and places you on a good road, why would you get back on the bad road that God removed you from? 
If God took bad people out your life, why are you going to return to bad people? If God took you from bad situations, if God took you from distressful relationships, why are you going to go back to what God removed you from? R.I.P. You don't find peace in the grave. Peace is found on the earth. Point number two. What goes around, come back around. What goes around, come back around. Now, it might take a long time to come back around. It might take 40 years, but you can rest assured it's coming back. What goes around comes back around. What you sow is what you're going to reap. That's a principle God puts in his word. That's a principle farmers know to be true. What you sow is what you're going to reap. What goes around comes back around. Get for me Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. And I'm showing you what happens when you die. Luke chapter 16. Get for me verse 19. Get for me verse 19. Luke chapter 16 verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen. This this was the best of the best right up in here. Everybody couldn't wear purple. That was an expensive piece of material. This fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Boy, it must be a blessing to be able to eat at Fleming's every day. This is how this fella ate each and every day. Verse, nine, verse 20, watch this here. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores. The beggar, full of sores, at the gate of a rich man, who wore, wore expensive clothes every day. Ate fared sumptuously every day. He didn't have to think about where his food was coming from. He didn't have to think who was going to cook it. His menu was laid out perhaps each and every day. He not just only ate, but he ate until his belly was full. He had enough to spare. But here a rich man, a, lay, a poor man rather laid at his gate with full of sword, verse 21. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Only the crumbs he wanted. He didn't want the T-bone steak, the meat from the T-bone. All that he wanted was crumbs. Which speaks to the rich man's attitude. He had a bad attitude. We would say he had ugly ways. The Bible says, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And I think scientific study shows, I think, that when dogs lick the sores, and perhaps there's some type of healing uh, in that. Uh, but, but anyhow, that's a subject for another day. But the dogs came. And lick his sore. Why? Because his sore, well, his body was infected. And, 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 and pus was coming out of his sores. And the dogs recognized he was sick. And the dogs had more compassion than a human being. Whenever animals got more compassion than people, something wrong with that. And, and here you see that the dogs came by and the dogs were his nurses and the dogs were his doctors and the dogs were his best friend. And they came by and they licked up his swords. Verse number 22, the Bible says, and it came to pass 
You see this? And it came to pass. We're living today. Don't tell nobody it's going to come to pass. You're going to die. I'm going to die. The Bible says that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Paraphrasing, uh, rather, paradise over here. The rich man also died. Beggars die and rich people die. I don't care how much money you got. We're going to bring you to that cemetery. I don't care how poor you are. Death ain't going to have mercy on you. You go into the grave too. Everybody die. What I like about death is, is there's anything, if there's anything to like about it, is it's an equalizer. It levels everything for everybody. When you die, everybody's the same. There's nobody rich in Tartarus. Nobody rich in paradise. Everybody's what? Dead. And he says here, the rich man also died and was what? Y'all see the difference? The beggar died, but the angels came get him. But the rich man died and he just, they just buried him. Verse 23. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, I don't have the time to be dealing with all of the metaphorical language in here. But in, in hell he died, and this is not Gehenna. This is not the second death. This is not hell fire. This is not, this is not where you go for eternity. This is just some holding place. In hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. The thing about people who are going through distressful times and who take their life in suicide don't understand something. You are not removing yourself from a distressful situation and going to a peaceful one when you take your life. Now, there are some exceptions to certain things dealing with that. But I want you to understand that you better be very careful before you decide to take your own life because you might be going to a place of torment and not a place of peace. The Bible says he was in torments and you're able to feel y'all when you're dead. I, I, hope you, I, hope you, I hope you're getting this. You're able to see when you die. There's some stuff that you can do in the land of the dead that is still there when you die. You can see afar off. You can recognize people. You can feel. The Bible says, and Lazarus was in the bosom of Abraham. That means that he was comforted in the place where he was. Verse 24, watch this here. The Bible says, and he cried and said, Father Abraham. You can yell. You can cry out. You can shout. You can do whatever. He says, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus. And he may dip the tip of his finger in water. And cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. He, he wants Lazarus to do something for him. 
return when you die. He was used to giving orders while he lived. So he talks to Abraham, hey, if you don't mind, get Lazarus. I want him to do something for me. I want him to have on me. But he laid at your gate every single day. And all he asked you for was some crumbs. And you didn't give him the crumbs. What man who is rich or wealthy, who fared sumptuously every day, who wear fine purple linens every single day, have a beggar at the front of his gate and his house, only walk the crumbs falling from your table, and you pass by him every day like he ain't even there. And then when you die, you have the nerve enough to ask Abraham to send the same man uh, that you passed over, that you looked over, that you mistreated each and every day when you had the ability to help him, but you did not because you didn't want to. Now you're asking him to help you. The thing about it is he don't ask Lazarus. And I don't know how that thing works when you're dead. I don't know how it works. You don't either. I guess we find out when we die. And I don't know how you can deal with people from over yonder and over here. But he says here, he says, give me the next verse. But Abraham said, son. Son. Remember that thou in thy lifetime. That's what we're doing now. We're living our lifetime. And you don't have to be rich to mistreat somebody. Sometimes we want to look at folk who are rich and who are wealthy and say, well, they have the ability to do this, but they don't do that. You, can, you got something you can give somebody. You got time you could offer somebody. God going to judge you by what you have, not what you don't have. God is going to judge you by your ability and what you have the power to do on this earth. He says here, but Abraham says, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thou good things. And likewise, Lazarus evil things. Meaning he, he got sick and you experienced some bad things while he lived. But now he is comforted and thou art what? Tormented. Remember thou in thy lifetime receivest thou good things. See, that's why I'm not so bothered by people on Wall Street and people who you talk to who say, well, God must be to me. Look at where I live. God must be to me. Look at what I drive. God must be to me. Look at my bank accounts. God must be to me. Look at my, look at my rewards for my investment. Let me tell you something. God bless. God allows everybody to receive good on the earth. Must be blessing me because look at what I have. No, that, 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 that ain't proof God is with you. The Bible says in verse 26, and beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf 
fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from here. When you die, boy, this must be an amazing sight. There are people you can see over yonder on the other side. Your loved ones. And if you didn't live right, and if they did, they are on the other side of life in the land of the living, in the dead. And you are on the other side. And it makes no difference how bad you want to get to them. How much you want to reach out to them. How much you want to hug them. How much you want to be around them. Let me tell you something. You ain't getting across this gulf. There's a gulf God fixed there. Literal meaning is a ditch. Now, I don't know what kind of ditch it is. I don't know what it is. But you can't get over that. Do you know how emotionally painful that must be? They are down there in the land of the dead waiting right now, y'all. Right now. They are waiting. You know what they're waiting for? Judgment. They're waiting for the judgment. They don't know what's going on up here on the earth. They don't know. They don't have any knowledge. They don't know. They are in the land of the dead. And Lazarus or the rich man, is, if, if this is literal, if this is real, if this is true. Now, y'all know that's parables in the Bible and that's the things that all that apart. If this is a real story, that man, the rich man, is still down there today. In his And the other thing is, is nobody in your family can do a thing about it as well. And all they have to do is sit and wait. And sit and wait. If you're in paradise, you're comforted. But if you're on the other side, he says, watch this. So that they which would pass. I want you to watch the language. So that they which would pass from here to you. He said they cannot. What are you saying, Abraham? Again, perhaps your loved ones in paradise would want to come and comfort you. But they can't. They're probably reaching out for you, but they can't help you. You made your choice in your lifetime. That's what he told the rich man. Remember, you know what he said? He said, son, remember, in your lifetime, 
how you receive good and Lazarus received evil. He said, son, you made your choice. He said, everything, and I told you in Ecclesiastes 9, the dead don't have no more reward. That's it. Your work stopped. If, G if God decide to hold the world a thousand years longer from today, they're going to be down there a thousand years crying, hoping. There's no hope in the graveyard when you die outside of Christ. Give me point number three. No rest day or night. <clears throat> Give me Revelation 14, verse 11. Revelation chapter 14, verse number 11. Watch what the Bible says. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. That's another I don't want you to pay attention to that one here, but you need to understand that those who have not lived for God will spend their time in a place of no rest. Y'all, when you go through something in life, all you want is what? You want rest. If you work a long, hard day of work, you want what? You want rest. When you've been sick for a long time, you want what? You want rest. That's what, that's what we want. Rest. You want to be comforted. He says over here, and they have no rest. No rest. Are y'all seeing this? Day nor night. Now, with God, there's no such thing as day and night. There's no, God can see in the dark just like it's daytime. Now, that's for you and me. All right? But there's, there's, he says, there's no rest day nor night. And, and I know people, you know, well, wait a minute. What, what, are, are there days and nights? Are, are there, no, no. He, he's trying to get you to understand here the longevity of where you're going to be. He's talking about the place. He's trying to describe to you the place. And he uses all of these terminologies, these metaphorical, figurative language to get us and to help us to understand the place. The place. You don't want to go there. You do not want to go there because when you go there, there is no escaping there. And he wants you to understand the place. And they have no rest, day nor night. And he wants us to understand the length of it, the days and the nights. He says every day, every night is going to be the same. If you if you're going to do something, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to do it now. Stop playing with your soul. Stop playing like the old folk used to say, boy, stop playing church. And get real about it. If you want to live righteous, then, then live right. <clears throat> if you want to do it right, then do it right. If you want a family, get your wife. If you want a family, get you a husband. Do, it, do this thing right. Don't, don't, don't keep living your life that way, young men. Don't, don't keep living like that. 
Young ladies, don't keep living like that. Get right with the Lord. Make things right with God. Because when you die, the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, 10, you don't have to go there. He talks about we'll stand before the judgment seat of God. And we will have to give an account of the things that are done in our bodies, whether it is good or whether it is bad. You're going to have to give an account. Now, listen, I'm not saying God is going to tell every single thing you did. Okay, Vilch, on this date, Vilch, you did this. God ain't going to do all of that. But God is going to make sure I want you to understand you have to make a choice. You made a choice to live for me or you made a choice not to, make for, not to live for me. In church, believe it or not, you're making your choice even right now. And when you die, don't tell nobody. You're going to have all eternity to live with the decision that you have made. There's no rest, y'all. Day or night. Last point in closing. Watch this here. A blessed rest. In Revelation 14, verse number 13, the Bible says, Revelation 14, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, John in the island of Patmos, and he's receiving all of these visions. And it says over here, he says, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. From henceforth, yea, said the Spirit, that they may rest from their what? Are you working for the Lord? Are you working for him? What kind of works are you doing? I know all of y'all want rest. But the only one that this... It's conditional. The only one that qualifies for the rest over here are the folk who've been laboring. Don't get this thing twisted. This is for the folk who are doing good works. This is for the folk who are working for the Lord. This is the folk who are letting their light shine. This ain't for everybody who die, y'all. And what we do as human beings, by human nature, we want to put everybody in the land of the saved. We know... Uncle Bob lived like a devil, but we, we, we still want to put rest in peace. We know auntie, whomever, cusses everybody who comes to our house, and yet and still we want to put rest in peace. We know folk have not obeyed the gospel, and yet and still we still want to put on our shirts, rest in peace. Y'all, you can speak a lie, and you can wear a lie. Just because you got it on, don't make it right to the person who did. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. You get in the Lord while you live. Nobody going to baptize you when you're dead. That's no gospel being preached for the lost you remember, and I don't have time, it's in here. He's going to talk about his, his brothers. Those of you who know the story, he's going to talk about his brothers, the rich man. And he's going to say, Father Abraham, sin. 
Someone from the dead. I got five brothers back home. I do not want them to come to this place. Go warn my brothers. Abraham said, son. He said, they got Moses and the prophets to hear. He said, if they don't hear them, they ain't going to respect nobody coming back from the dead. And some of us think that just because we see somebody from the dead, that's going to help change your life. Uh-uh. That ain't going to help. And, and just like some people think, well, if I was rich, this is what I would do. If you ain't doing nothing with the little money you got now, you ain't going to do nothing with big money later on. It's a heart thing. And over and, 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 and y'all, why, why didn't he, why wasn't he concerned about his five brothers when he lived? He must have been part of Israel because he's calling him son. He's a son of, of Israel. He must be part of the Jews because he's a son. He's calling him son and father. He wants them to recognize they got Moses. They got the prophets to hear. They can hear some preaching. It's going to be up to them to come back. Nobody from the day going to change your life. He says that they may rest from their labors and watch this. And their works do what? basis is it pleasing to God what you're doing in the morning what you're doing in the noontime what you're doing in the nighttime God sees in the dark just like it's daytime what you're doing that's, that's all works all the works God gonna put all the works then in Ecclesiastics God says you know he gonna bring even the secret things mmm mmm y'all that's deep right there that's some stuff in your closet. You don't want that. Want that. You know how you, when you stuff a closet, you just try to push everything and you slam the door, right? And when you open it up, just every, fall everywhere. Well, that's how it's going to be in judgment. When you walk up, everything just, everything is coming. All the secret stuff. Y'all know them secret stuff? It's all coming out. And that's, gonna, that's your works, y'all. He got to bring everything out if he's a fair God. He can't just look at your good stuff. He got to bring everything. He's a fair God. God ain't going to change because of you. He, everything coming. God going to judge everybody the same. Your work's coming, y'all. You ain't going to die by yourself. You're going to have company. Your work's coming with you. A blessed rest is a happy rest. Blessed are the dead which do die in the Lord. And that's why when people die in the Lord, it's a hurting thing because you lost your loved one. And, and that's, that's natural. That, that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. But then on the other side, you can, you can say, well, man, at least they died in the Lord. You know, if you got children and they, 
they ain't living right, you know, and you got to bear them and you know they wasn't in the Lord, you're like, man, that's double pain. You lost them here and then on in eternity they got to live over yonder. You know it ain't going to be good for them. But I'm so glad y'all still living today. I'm glad I'm still. You know why? Because anything that's wrong in your life, you can make it right today. Man, that's, God is good, right? And, and Brother George says that all the time. God is good all the time and all the time. He's good right now. If your life ain't right with God right now, this is the, you are experiencing now the goodness of God by way of his mercy and his grace. Right now, if you are not right, you can make it right with the Lord. If you need to be baptized into Christ, there's no reason why you should walk out of here today after hearing a lesson like this and then bypassing it, getting in your car, driving off somewhere, get hit somewhere, lose your life, and you have no one to blame but yourself. It'll be a tragedy if somebody would hear a lesson like this and leave and die and have to spend eternity right next to the rich man. Boy, that'll be torment indeed. But it's your chance, your opportunity. You come by hearing his word, believing the same, repenting of your sins, confessing Christ, putting them on in water baptism for the remission of your sins. If you're a child of God, you got sin in your life, you need to make it right today. You want to make it right today. You ought to, you ought to make it right today. You ought to say, I'm going to get this business right. You repent right there where you are. That means you change your mind. Stop reporting to the church. Stop reporting sins. I've sinned out the church to pray. I've sinned out the church. Stop reporting. Stop reporting. Repent. Change your mind. Change your behavior. Do this thing right. And when you do it right, God will bless you because you're doing it right. That's your opportunity. Why don't you come? As together we stand and together we sing the invitation song. Amen. There's a fountain free. Tis for you and me. It's okay to his bringing. Tis the fount of love from the source above, and he bids us. All freely drink. Will you come to the fountain free? Will you come? Tis for you and why don't you say I'm coming? Thirsty soul. Why don't you say I'm this right? Eternity is a long, long, long time. We sing the chorus. We sing the chorus. Why don't you say I'm coming? Will you come to the Eternity is a long, mighty long time to sit and to wait. And the awesome thing about it, I have to. You don't have to go to that place. Be prepared for us to go to. 
Your choice will be no, no choice. Let me see. We ask that we would continue to keep in prayer those who are still grieving.